Make no mistake, Jesus is asking us to follow him today, just as he did the disciples and the others. Unflinching, bold, unshakable, steadfast, resolute, determined. These are the powerful words used in the skit to describe Jesus. But I don't think there are enough words in the English language, any language for that matter, to adequately describe Jesus. But these six words hit the mark. I want you to keep them in mind as we begin our new series, Resolute, Journey to Jerusalem, which will culminate on Easter Sunday. The theme is based on Luke chapter 9, verse 51. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Jesus unflinchingly, boldly, unshakably, steadfastly, determinedly, and resolutely set out for Jerusalem. We'll return to that, that verse and, and those words in a few minutes, but I want to give a little background information to lay a foundation. The Gospels as a whole are one of my favorite parts of the Bible. And the reason I love reading them is because they tell us all about Jesus, the words he spoke and the things he did while he was on earth. We can learn so much about him in the Gospels, but it's much more than just a history lesson. Reading about Jesus helps us to be, become more aware of and appreciative of all the sacrifices that he made for us. And I think that's especially important as we approach Easter at this time of the year. But knowing the bare facts about Jesus isn't enough. We need to know him personally and have an intimate relationship with him. And then as we, as we learn more about him and, and grow stronger in our relationship, it should re, uh, inspire us to reflect on how we can model Jesus and apply his teachings in our own lives. And the purpose of that is, is not so that we can get accolades for ourselves, or even so that we can make it to heaven, although, of course, that is our final destination. But our purpose is for the sake of others, others who don't yet know him. Because Jesus is no longer present here in physical form, he needs us, he needs our hands and feet. He needs our whole selves. How will anyone know unless we show them? And I say show them and not tell them because mere words are not enough. We need to put our words into actions. The various gospels relate many of the same events and information about Jesus, but they do so often in different ways or, or details, and even the time sequence of the events. But the Gospels of Matthew and Mark are a, a little more similar in their structure, but Luke is different. Right up until 
chapter 9, verse 50, Jesus' ministry was primarily in Galilee and the immediate surrounding area. And then in verse 51, he began his journey to Jerusalem, as, as we just read. However, Jesus didn't arrive in Jerusalem until the middle of chapter 19. So from chapters 10 to 19, we discover that Jesus made many stops along the way to minister to people who needed him. He performed miracles, including various healings. We just saw one of them depicted. He cast out demons, and he, he carved out a lot of times to talk with his disciples and others, to tell them the truth about the kingdom of God. And he specifically taught the disciples um, things that they would know to help them understand him better so that they would have the tools to continue his ministry after he returned to heaven. So as Jesus did all these things and met the needs of people, the admiration of his followers and the, the general public grew. But at the same time, the opposition and the resentment of the religious leaders grew equally. They found fault with everything that Jesus did. They didn't appreciate Jesus paying attention to people that they didn't even deem worthy of giving a second glance, let alone hanging out with. They would have liked Jesus better if he had paid special attention to them and gave them the deferential treatment that they thought they deserved. But Jesus came to minister to all people, especially those on the fringes of society, what Jesus referred to as the least of these. And the religious leaders were especially upset at any reference that Jesus was the Son of God. So let's get back to the key verse. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Now we got a pretty good idea of, of resolutely from the words in the script, but I also looked it up in the dictionary. The definition is firmly resolved or determined, set in purpose or opinion, characterized by firmness and determination. So by the time that this happened, Jesus had already been baptized by John. He'd already been to the wilderness and been tempted by Satan. He'd already called his disciples and had been ministering and teaching in Galilee. And now, as I mentioned, it was time for him to head towards Jerusalem. Verse 51 is a, a relatively simple verse but it really grabbed my attention. It's important to remember that Jesus was fully human and fully divine. So because he was fully divine, Jesus was completely aware of everything that awaited him in Jerusalem. What was to happen there was the fulfillment of the very reason he came to earth in the first place. Jesus knew the emotional, the physical, the spiritual agony that he would endure to fulfill that mission. 
So thinking of it in that way, it's even more amazing that Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem because of the the high personal cost that he knew he would have to pay. But if we think that it was easy because Jesus was the Son of God, we're mistaken. Because again, Jesus was human like us. Now, as a human being myself, I don't know about you, but when I know that I'm going to be facing something difficult uh, ahead, I often have trouble thinking of much else. And even when I am engaged in something else, those thoughts are always in the back of my mind and most likely making me less effective in, in all my other responsibilities. And so that's why when I read this verse, I can't help but imagine how I would feel if I were in Jesus' place. So go on a little journey with me in your imagination for a moment. How many of you like knowing that other people like and approve of you? I I do, I admit that. Um, Now imagine giving of yourself the way that Jesus did. You're traveling on foot from one village to the next on hot, dusty roads. You're pouring yourself out day after day for people. You're putting your own needs aside for the sake of others. And you don't even have a decent place to lay your head at night to get a proper night's sleep to replenish your strength. And imagine that despite doing your absolute best, many people despised you and they accused you of having wrong motives. They accused you of being possessed by Satan or being crazy. These are all the things that actually happened to Jesus. How would you feel under those circumstances? Imagine knowing that you were going to die a painful and humiliating death on a cross. And while hanging there in the last moments of your life, people were laughing at you and hurling insults at you. And even those who were your friends, they turned their backs on you because they were afraid. And worst of all, imagine that in those moments, you couldn't even feel the presence of God with you. All of this and more is what Jesus knew was in the not too far future for him. So do you think that if you were in Jesus' situation that you would have been able to function effectively in your day-to-day responsibilities and, and continue to give of yourself to minister to others. I know that I would not have been able to do that, certainly not in my own strength and abilities. And yet D- Jesus did so. And he didn't just muddle through. He did so unflinchingly, boldly, unshakably, steadfastly, determinedly, and resolutely. He did it for you, he did it for me, he did it for everyone, regardless of their ethnicity, their gender, or any other human description that we can give, including whether or not they were or are presently doing the things that please him. 
Jesus died for everyone, and he continues to go out of his way to seek out everyone because of his love. And that's where you and I come in. I'd like to read verses 57 to 62 that speak to that. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus occasionally said some things that when you first hear it, it it can sound a little bit insensitive. And I think these verses fall into that category. In verse uh, 57, we see an individual who likely was very sincere in their desire to follow Jesus, or as they said that. And Jesus' reply, in essence, was saying, well, if you do, prepare to live way outside your comfort zone. Even the birds and animals had more of of a dwelling place than Jesus and those who would follow him. And then in verse 59, it doesn't seem too much to ask for the man to go back and bury his father, does it? I mean, we'd all want to do that. However, the commentary that I read suggests that the man's father may not have actually been dead yet, that, but he was advanced in years, and so the man, what he was really asking was to wait until his father died and all of that was settled, and then he would go and follow Jesus. Well, Jesus knew that, and his response showed that he knew it was an excuse to just put off following him. The same is true in verse 61, where another individual wanted to say goodbye to their family. Again, in our humanness, that doesn't seem like too much to ask. But Jesus saw through that simple question to the inner motivation behind the request. By his response to these three individuals, Jesus was alerting all of his would-be followers, both the original hearers of this word as well as us today, that, that the cost of discipleship is high. Now, when we view this, section here in in light of verse 51, it becomes clear that Jesus is letting us know that to truly follow him requires us to be resolute in our devotion to him, just as resolute as he was when he set out for Jerusalem. And all of this makes sense when we reflect on everything that we know about Jesus. Back in verse 23, Luke records that Jesus said to everyone, all who want to come after me must say no to themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. 
Jesus' journey to Jerusalem resulted in the cross. Our journey with Jesus will also involve a cross. And although our cross may not require literal crucifixion as it did for Jesus, it does involve death. Death to our right to ourselves. And we humans have a problem with that many times. Remember that Jesus doesn't look at the outward appearance, behavior, or words of people. He looks straight through to our heart, our inner selves, our motivation. And he alone sees what no one else can see. He knows what's true. And that's how he knew that these three individuals depicted in these verses weren't prepared to follow Jesus. They said they wanted to, and they may have even thought that they wanted to. But when it came right down to it, they weren't prepared to do what was required of them. When I read that, it reminded me of the story in Luke chapter 18 about an individual who we know as the rich young ruler. He came to Jesus to ask what he must do to gain eternal life. And he was already living a good life, a very moral life. He was keeping the commandments. But he had to know that something was missing, that something more was needed, because why else would he have come to Jesus to ask that question? But once again, Jesus saw through the man's external behavior of keeping the commandments and his words of saying that he wanted to follow Jesus. He saw straight through to the man's heart. And so that's why Jesus said to him, go, sell all that you have and give the money to the poor, and then come follow me. Scripture tells us that the man went away sad because he wasn't willing to pay the price. I think that's one of the saddest uh, verses in all of scripture. Maybe it's second to what Pastor Kerry mentioned last week as, as the saddest verse. The man's possessions were more important to him than Jesus was. Following Jesus begins in our heart and our mind. Jesus resolutely setting out to Jerusalem began in his inner decision to do so. And then his decision resulted in his actions. The rich young ruler was the exact opposite of Jesus. He was not willing to make the decision to follow Jesus. His inward desires were more about what was best for him. Make no mistake, Jesus is asking us to follow him today, just as he did the disciples and the others so long ago and, and has asked people through the ages. And I believe that most of you here today, whether you're present in the building or, or listening remotely, you have decided to follow Jesus. The very fact that you're here and, and listening shows that. But we really have to answer that question every day of our lives. Even people like myself who made that initial decision a long time ago. And the reason is because every day we are bombarded with things that seek to distract us from our journey with Jesus. Things that 
try to get us off course. Let me give you just one example from my own life. And I'm going to, if you didn't know how old I was already, I'm going to age myself when I say this. I didn't grow up with technology. It literally didn't exist. <laughs> and so because of that, I'm very appreciative of it, and I still marvel at all the changes that have taken place in my lifetime. As hard as it is to believe, even my kids really didn't have a lot of technology until they were in high school. Technology has allowed our family to have three-way video chats each week during this past year. And that has been the primary way that we've been able to keep in touch. And I'm so thankful for it. I don't know what I would have done without that. That's at the top of my list. I love technology for that reason, if no other. And I could go on, but you all know better than I do. Certainly Trevor does. <laughs> but like many good things in life, there are often aspects of it that we have to be careful of to, to keep under control. Technology has made our lives easier, but it's also made them busier. We can accomplish so much more in one day and so more is expected of us. We have to fight the urge to pay less attention to what is on our smartphone than we do to the person who's right in front of us in the same room. We can carry around our Bible on our phone, which is great, but the social media that is on the same phone can distract us from actually reading the Bible, which is not so great. And the list goes on, and, and I'm talking to myself here. So when Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, it revealed his determination to stay true to his mission and stay true to following God. And in turn, Jesus requires us to resolutely follow him and stay true to continuing his mission. Jesus had the option to say no, and so do we. So what about you? Are you a resolute follower of Jesus, no matter the cost? Or is there something in your life that you're holding back from him? Perhaps something that he's asking you to do and that's hard, and you're putting it off until the timing is better. Is there something that is in your life that is an impediment to your, your growth, your spiritual growth? It could be anything. It could be something that's even good. And a lot of times it is something good, but it's something that we just need to put back into its proper place. So today is the day that you can either begin or recommit to your journey with Jesus. And, and I would encourage you to do that, no matter where you are, to just begin or recommit and as always, as, as Chris and the team lead us in more worship, the altar is open. Yes, you can pray in your, in your seat, wherever you are, but there's something about coming to the altar that really um, drives it home sometimes. So I would encourage you to think about that. <laughs>